Live it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1758. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Portland, Oregon, not too far from where I live in Gig Harbor, Washington, with a very special guest, someone I've wanted to have on the show actually for a long time, Chester Allen. Hey, Chester, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? You bet. Now, I know as a guy who likes to go outdoors and drive uh, an outdoor vehicle, uh, being outdoors is probably something that you really enjoy, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that, and I want to give you a proper introduction. But before I do that, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Chester? I guess they probably don't know that I didn't grow up in Oregon or the Northwest. I grew up in in, uh, Southern California mostly, and people are always astounded when I tell them (laughs) that that I am not a native Oregonian. Yeah, where in Southern California? Uh, Topanga Canyon. Oh, yeah. Very familiar. There's some good driving roads around there. Some good driving roads, good surfing beach, lots of good fishing, lots of good things going on in Topanga Canyon. Absolutely. Well, my listeners know I grew up down in the San Diego area, so we're two SoCal boys who were transplanted to the Pacific Northwest. And in a way, you're also a bit transplanted to the eastern shores of the United States up there in uh, Rhode Island, and I'll explain that in just a minute when I give Chester a proper introduction. Chester Allen is a lifelong journalist and the executive editor of Linkage Magazine and the LinkageMag.com website. You'll remember from my talk with Donald Osborne yesterday talking about Audrain and Linkage, so there's that tie-in to Rhode Island, a beautiful part of the world. He spent more than 20 years in the newspaper business as a reporter, an editor, and a columnist before transitioning to magazines when he joined Sports Car Market Magazine where he was their executive editor from 2010 to 2020. Chester is also a veteran freelance writer, photographer, with published stories in many outdoor magazines and websites. There's that outdoors link. He's the author of several books on fly fishing and outdoor travel. Chester built his first car, a 1965 Ford Mustang, in high school shop class. It was a car that was missing an engine and a transmission, but with the help of classmates and a teacher, he brought it back to life. Chester's the kind of guy that sees cars as historical documents, time machines, if you will, that exude coolness. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Chester more about linkage and this new chapter in his life. But first, a word from our valued sponsors. Give them a listen. Keep the seatbelts on. We'll be right back. You've heard me talking about Covercraft here on Cars Yes since I began bringing you inspiring automotive enthusiasts over seven years ago. Covercraft is a company I've trusted to protect my beloved vehicles since I was in high school, way back in 1975. Did you know they've been in the business longer than that? Covercraft was founded in 1965. Maybe they would have had a cover for my pedal car back then. I'll bet they did. You don't stay in business for over 55 years without providing your customers with superior quality, innovative solutions, and a massive breadth of selections and categories when it comes to protection. 
Their custom fit car covers are just the start. Covercraft offers covers for cars, trucks, ATVs, boats, outdoor furniture. It's on my patio. Seats, trunk covers, floor dashes, masks for the front of your rides, and so much more. I have got something special just for you as a listener here on Cars Yeah. If you use the code yeah 21 Y-E-A-H-2-1 at Covercraft.com. They'll give you 10% off. That's right, 10% off. Just use the code yeah 21 Covercraft, protecting the things that move you for a long, long time. When it was time to renew my last policy for my collector car, my carrier's rates went up. They went way up. But my usage was the same and I never had made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? American Collectors Insurance, that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? I was too. So I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, am I glad I did. I'm saving hundreds of dollars. I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provide me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. What could be better than that? Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Chester, we're back. And as we continue on this journey, I'm going to call your life. I would love for you to share a success quote or a mantra. Now, you're a wordsmith, a guy who writes an awful lot of things. So is there a quote or some kind of saying that has great meaning for you? Yeah, it, there, it's not really a quote. It's something my one of my uncles told me once, and he said, we were walking along a country road in England, and he said, Chester, it's really important that you find beauty in every day. Mm. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, not every day is going to be great, but there are great moments to be found. And so, and he told me that when I was about 10 years old. And ever since then, I've tried to do that. Find, you know, even if I'm having not so great day, I can find something that's beautiful or, or have a beautiful thought or something like that. And it really helps. Wow. No kidding. I mean, that's a, a wonderful thing to share with a young man and something that you obviously took to heart and brought forward. So let's talk a little bit about that in the sense of you like the outdoors. And I found that whenever I'm feeling kind of down or frustrated, just getting outside, going for a walk or looking up at the trees or at the sky at night or something like that. Uh, that's a way to kind of forget your woes. Is that why you like the outdoors so much? I think that's a big part of it. I think it's also, it just is an infinitely interesting place for me. You know, there's always something new or something something new to see or learn. And there's that old saying, you, you never step into the same river twice. <laughs> and it's true. Yeah. And so I just find it, a, I think it's it just a, a time of renewal. Now, being a Southern California boy like I was and moving up here to the Pacific Northwest, there's a bit of a, a culture shock that I experienced. One was dealing with the rain, which didn't have to deal with that very much living by the beach in San Diego. Uh, what was the change that you saw happen in your life when you moved up here to the Pacific Northwest? Did you get used, used to it right away or did it, like me, did it take you a little bit of time? You know, moving to the Northwest was my goal ever since 1972. In 1972, I turned 11 years old, and my grandmother got me a subscription to National Geographic magazine. And National Geographic in June 1972 
talked about how Oregon cleaned up the Willamette River. And there's a, I still have a copy of the magazine. In fact, it's sitting right here in front of me. Nice. And it, the story basically talked about how the Willamette was once a very polluted waterway. And now it's a place where salmon once again run up. And there's a picture of a guy at Oregon, Oregon City holding up a big salmon. And I thought, hey, that's where I want to live. So I went downstairs and I told my parents that I would be living in Oregon in the future. And they all laughed at me. And then <laughs> eventually I moved up here. So it was always the goal to be here. Well, great. Nice to achieve goals. Well, let's talk about this next chapter in your life. This is really exciting for me because I've known Donald for a long time. I've known of you for a long time. And the fact that you've made mm-hmm. this bold change in your life to go to work to with a new publisher, with the group of Audrain, you've aligned yourself with some very talented people. Of course, you've known Donald for a long time because of the relationships back mm-hmm. in Sports Car Market Magazine. So talk to me a little bit about the decision to go and work at Linkage Magazine, and of course, almost more importantly, LinkageMag.com, because the website is even more powerful than the publication. So what kind of drove you to make this change, and what has you excited and fired up looking at the new day every day uh, from the West Coast, looking back east about Linkage and Audrain? Well, you know, it was it reached a point where um, working at Sports Car Market, I'd pretty much done everything I wanted to do. And I thought it was time to make a change in my life. And my initial plan was basically to just stop working and just start freelancing. You know, that's always been one of my goals is I don't think I'll ever stop writing and editing, but I just wanted to do it on my own time and for the people that I that I liked. So um, but um, I got this offer from Audrain and it was an exciting offer uh, to start a new magazine. I've always wanted to create a, a publication from scratch. And I knew with Donald, everything would be fun and interesting yeah. and that I knew I would have the backing to make it happen. So it, it was a big move, but it was, and it sort of came out of the blue and it was, it was fabulous. You know, it, during a, a time of COVID and everything was very shut down. It is, you know, it's like turning a corner and you see a whole different world, yeah. you know, opening up in front of you. And it was very exciting. And I, you know, I got to tell you, Mark, I think that, uh, that the magazine is, is just as important as the website. And they're sort of designed to work together where there's content on the magazine that you won't find on the website and there's what content on the website you won't find in the magazine. So if you want to get the full linkage package, it's a good idea to look at both of them. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's talk more about what Linkage is all about, because when I got the first issue, I went, okay, this is cool, because this publication is going down a path that I believe is the future for magazines. Magazines have had really a tough time struggling from being print to going online, because getting us, let's say I'm older than you, so us old guys, I'm talking about me, not you. You're a young man from my my standpoint. Getting us to transfer into the digital age and enjoy a magazine that way it's been a challenge for a lot of people but what you're doing uh, aligns a lot with triple zero what pete stout's done with porsche uh what david lillywhite has done with um magneto even the advance uh, advance avance am i saying that right avance group up here uh adam with uh, the publication here is going to a more quarterly publication that's thick it's something you're never going to throw away it's like a keeper but then having that website to augment. So tell my listeners, let's start with the magazine. What would they expect to see becoming a subscriber? I'm going to encourage everyone listening. You really should subscribe to this. You're going to be in love with it, just like I was right out of the gate. And then transfer into all the expansiveness of linkagemag.com because there's just a plethora of fun there. 
Well, to start with, Linkage is, is a big, big magazine with lots of photographs, and we do deep dives into interesting things. The first magazine, we looked at Goodwood. We went to Bonneville. We also follow the market in terms of mostly auction results and exceptional cars that sell at auction and what, uh, what impact they have on the overall market. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, the magazine is about three main things. We're about experiences, opinions, and values. So if you want to go along with us on a drive or go in a place you've never been before in your special car, we'll take you there. If you want to know what people really think about something, we'll share it with you. And if you're wondering what's going on, in the, in the, especially in the vintage car market or the classic car market, we're there to help. So those are the, the three things we sort of base it on, and, and we've sort of thrown it into a, a rich mix with really great writers and really great photographers where it's, it's um, we, we try and catch a moment in time that you can enjoy for the rest of your life. It's beautifully designed. There was a great article in your first ish, uh, issue, Real or Replica, which struck a chord with me and some of the, the folks that spoke and wrote in here, uh, Jacob Grayson, who's been a guest here, Cam Ingram, mm-hmm. Judy Stropus, another shout out to Judy. Congratulations for uh, uh, Motorsports Hall of Fame. She's a, she's a gem in the automotive world. Mm-hmm. I found cool because I had a replica, a Beck Spider for a long time. And I know going back to sports car market days, the term fakey do was used there a lot. And it always bugged me a little bit because <laughs> it was a 550. I couldn't afford a real one, but I could get the experience with it. So you got a really great cast of characters here contributing. And I love the format, the big, I just, I like turning pages, but then I went to the website and I said, well, is this going to carry through? And I'll tell you, you guys hit it out of the ballpark. Well, I'm glad to hear that. We take a lot of pride in what we do with our website. We update our website on every weekday. So there's always something new, always something exciting, and, and we're, we're continuing to grow the website. We're, we just started it right around Thanksgiving, and it's just about Valentine's Day now. So we're, it's still early days yet, but we have a lot of content up there, and we're, we're going to have a lot more going forward. You've got some cool videos, too. Uh, I watched one just this morning before we recorded the show with Donald and Zach Brown. And Zach was just a guest on my show mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, uh, the CEO of McLaren Racing. And it was a great talk that they had together. And then, of course, Jay does that TV. Uh, well, he does a TV show with Jay Leno, but he also does the uh, uh, the mansion, the drive to the mansions with Jay Leno. And they play yeah, mansions <laughs> and motor cars. Mansions, mm-hmm. and that's the, what yeah. I was looking for. Thank you. Uh, they uh-huh. play off each other well. The t-shirted, uh, dirt under the fingernails, Jay Leno, and the bow tie, always eloquently dressed Donald Osborne, mm-hmm. uh, which is really, really fun. But also, we'll talk the market here, because you carried over uh, a lot of what you used to do into this new publication about the market, because most of us who are into cars always want to know what's going on in the market, what cars you're selling for, what they're worth, and so forth. So that's a big key part of this, right? Yeah, it's, it's about a third of what we do. I think it's just what we want to give everyone is is sort of a, a really beautiful buffet, and not a not a <laughs> not a bad buffet, but a really tasty fresh buffet, and and that's part of it. We're not entirely about values, and you know we're just as much into experiences. And and in the in the in the perfect linkage world, you know what your car's worth, and you you drive the wheels off of it anyway. Hmm. So that's that's sort of how the way we look at things. Yeah, Donald mentioned that. And I love that because so many times we get trapped in the concept of a collector vehicle. And I am a big victim of this. Putting miles on it diminishes value. And uh, I'll tell you, as Donald has taught me, you don't buy a car because you think it's going to be worth a lot of money. You buy it because of what you want in that vehicle, how you're going to use it. And for goodness sake, get out and drive it. 
and enjoy it. And actually, once we're done with this talk today, I'm going to jump in my 87 Porsche Turbo before the snow starts falling tomorrow and take it for a little exercise today. <laughs> Just because I've talked well, to two great guys today from Audrain. So you've inspired me. Well, I'm glad to hear that. You know, it, it's um, you can't take any of this with you. And one of the, I think one of the unique things about cars is you can they can give you a great experience. Like, say, as a greatest experience is like going to the World Series or going to a great football game or something like that or going to a show. But then you get to keep the car. So it, it's like it's like a, a never ending. If you take care of it, it's sort of like this never ending ticket to adventures. And, not, you know, so in, in terms of an investment, it's great as 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 being a great part of your life and making your life better. And I think by far that is more important than whether your car is worth $55,000 or $105,000, depending on how many miles you put on it. Yeah. Uh, and every time I've sold a collector car I really enjoyed and the new owner has driven away, I've looked at my wife and said, why did I save the car for him? <laughs> That's exactly right. I should have enjoyed it more. And, and I know why I do it. And I'm kind of a nutcase when it comes to things being perfect. And I'm trying really hard to not be so much like that because you're right, you can't take it with you. And if anything, COVID has taught us that you just never know what life will bring you. And, you know, every mm -hmm. day is a gift, just like your uh, was your uncle that gave you those wonderful words of wisdom that every day is something that you can find beauty in. So get out there in your car and find some beauty and driving your old collector car. I want to ask you about a big challenge in your life, maybe even a big failure, something that you had to overcome, Chester, but more importantly, what did it teach you that ended up being positive in the end? Hmm. There's a couple of ones. I, I guess I will. I guess I will start. With my probably the biggest first challenge I had in my life was when I was actually building my first car, mm -hmm. and I was um, washing, basically cleaning parts with gasoline. And um, you know, I'm being pretty careful, and, but I um, spilled. I was wearing a pair of Levi's. I spilled some gasoline on my pants, and I thought I got to get these things off. So um, I walked into the house, and there were several different ways to get to my room. But I had I wanted to go to the laundry room to 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 uh, put my pants someplace where you know they can get washed. And I walked into the kitchen, and I leaned against the we had a a big gas range stove. Uh -oh. I leaned against the stove, and and the pilot light set me on fire. Oh my gosh! So I was lucky in a way because right outside the kitchen was the swimming pool and i um i basically ran through a, a a sliding glass door and just jumped in the pool did you crash through the the glass yeah oh yeah. my gosh even worse i mean i had a, yeah. i had an aunt that almost lost her life doing that oh my gosh well it, it, you know i was lucky i only got a couple cuts and be, because i moved really fast i i got a couple third degree burns on my legs but not too bad and and wow. quite a bit of second degree burns and I, I remember jumping in the pool thinking to myself, you have just done the stupidest thing you've ever done in your life, Yeah, you know? <laughs> and then, you know, it was, it was a very painful experience and I had to be hospitalized for a while and I got skin grafts and everything. And oh nowadays, if you, you know, I walk around in shorts all the time and you can hardly tell this happened to me, but you know, and I had to work my way through, through some pain and everything like that. And, mm -hmm. but what it taught me was, is that, you know, number one, be careful. Yeah. Number two, once you get into a situation, try and think as clearly as you can. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is, is that sometimes you just got to put your head down and, and work your way, you know, through the process. You yeah. know, we, everyone talks about the journey and the process and all that kind of stuff now, but you know, it was a, you know, I was, you know, 
15 years old and, and, you know, I didn't know anything about process. I just went to school every day and, and just like, you know, I had to, I had to jump through a lot of hoops and do a lot of different things to get back to where I wanted to be. Oh my gosh, that is frightening. Well, you think about this. Yeah. Working, you know, cleaning parts with gasoline. No, no, don't do that. Listeners don't ever do that. You know, even if it seems easy, don't ever do it. Then Mm -hmm. catching on fire and running. Last thing you usually want to do, they always say stop, drop, and roll. Don't run because it feeds the fire uh-huh. with oxygen. And then running through a, a glass door, probably don't want to do that either. But, you know, you saw that pool. That was your savior. So, uh, wow. Oh, my gosh. That could have been even far, far worse. So I'm so glad that it wasn't. You know, burns are one of those things that that's got to be one of my biggest fears is getting burned badly. I had a good friend that went through that and that the horrific challenges of going through multiple skin grafts and dealing with that. Oh my gosh, that must've been scary for a 15 year old. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was kind of scary. I was, I was lucky because I had, you know, a a good support system and really great friends. And, you know, I was injured enough to to be a, a pretty serious thing, but it was also, I never felt like my life was, you know, on the line or anything like that. And, and, um, you know, and I, and, you know, I had my next door neighbor's father, my best friend, father came and saw me in the hospital. He goes, you know, he goes, you know, this sort of sucks, but you know, he goes, you know, but you, you, you'll work through this, you know, and I thought, yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Words of encouragement. Wow. Well, I'm so glad that you were mm-hmm. able to work through that scary, scary story. Wow. Well, let's take a short break and thank mm-hmm. our sponsors. We come back. We're going to dive into your personal passion for cars, which I think is very deep. So hang on, stay away from gasoline unless you're putting it in your vehicle and we will be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. Join Linkage. Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Crash jewelry is handmade from the metal of luxury cars while preserving the original factory paint. Founder Christy Schimpke came up with the idea when she moved her jewelry studio into her husband's Los Angeles auto body shop. After watching beautiful Porsche ultraviolet fenders and Ferrari Rosso Corsa hoods head to the scrapyard, she developed her own unique upcycling process of cutting, bending, and sanding the metal into unique wearable pieces of beautiful automotive art. For Women's History Month here on Cars Yeah, Crash Jewelry is giving away a special Ferrari Art Deco cuff. The cuff includes an empowering message engraved inside. Enter to win today by subscribing at CrashJewelry.com. Plus, Christy is offering Cars yeah listeners 10% off in March when you use the code CarsYeah at checkout. That's CrashJewelry.com and use the code CarsYeah today. And don't forget to follow Christy on Instagram at CrashJewelry. 
All right, we are back. I would love for you to share a story with me that instigated this passion you have for cars. I mentioned it, and you mentioned it too, this Mustang you got, shop class that you had to bring back to life. Mm-hmm. Is that the, the time in your life you knew that cars were part of it, or was there another time? I think the first time that I thought cars were just the most amazing thing is one of my earliest memories is my father had a convertible Dodge Oh. I, I, I can't, I, I would be wrong to tell you. I don't know what the model was. I, and I, we don't, there's no picture that, that exists of it. It was yellow and black and they had a convertible top that could go up and down. Mm-hmm. It was probably a 58 or 59 something. Had big fins on the back. And my dad would take me on a drive and we, we would drive along Pacific Coast Highway and, you know, the wind going through the car and the smell of the salt air. It was just, to me, I thought this is what a bird feels like when it flies. <laughs> and so I thought to myself, you know, I, I really need to get a car, you know, and I was probably, you know, three or four years old. Wow. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, I need a car. And, you know, I, you know, because it was just, you know, when you're that age, you know, you see something that that really grabs you and it's a very visceral experience. It's just like, it becomes this huge, huge thing. And, and it never, you know, if you're, if you're lucky, you know, as you grow older, you, you retain that ability to, to, to seize upon your passions. But when you're that age, it's very easy. You know, your passion could be an ice cream sandwich or you know, <laughs> yeah. having a transcendental experience with your dad in a car. Yeah, I can relate. My father, when I was five, bought a 49 MGTC, and I just, I never forget the rides in that thing. I just felt so cool. Plus, sitting on the left side, since it was a right-hand drive car, I got to sit where the driver sat, which was kind of neat. And uh-huh. that, that car is uh-huh. pretty... Pretty old rustic car, you know, when you think about it. Now, it didn't go that fast, but you smelt and felt everything. So, yeah, that's the one that did it for me. Uh-huh. What was the really special car in your life? Was it that 65 Ford Mustang or is there another vehicle that really stands out for you? And, and share a story about it, if you will. The Mustang was, is really, it was really important to me and it was a start. But I have to say probably the most transcendental vehicle that I had has absolutely no romance to it at all. And it would be a 1973 Ford F-100 pickup truck. Okay. And I bought it when I was 19. And it was a, a truck a guy used to haul his boat back and forth to Arizona in the wintertime. And it had like 8,000 miles on it. And it was gorgeous truck, gorgeous truck, and had hardly any miles on it. And I thought to myself, you know, I, if I put a... a, a um, a canopy on this thing, I can take it to Mexico and, and just kick around or go lots of different places. So for about five years, I took this truck from about 8,500 miles to about 170,000 miles and just drove <laughs> all over the place with this thing. And, it, you know, it, I had a little like bed in it and everything like that. So it was sort of like a primitive overlander thing like people are doing now. Yeah. And I mean, I slept in this truck in Mexico and in Canada, all over the Western United States. And it was sort of my magic carpet ride. It was a place that really showed me, it was my avenue to to, to falling in love with the American West and with traveling by car and being self-sufficient while I did it. And I didn't need a lot of money because I wasn't staying in hotels. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it taught me how to uh, depend on myself in a lot of different ways. Nice. And it also... I think the engine was it, it, the engine was most so smooth it, it was like it had been blueprinted or something. It was just the smoothest running. You could you could put a, a a glass of water on the dashboard and it would hardly hardly move at all when that that truck was idling. It was an amazing truck. Wow, you know I love those. I love the way the front end kind of slopes forward. 
the the top mm-hmm. of the hood is further out than the bottom of the grill. And they always kind of, to me, when I look at that era, that age of the Ford, plus the classic F100, it just, it looks like it's ready to go or it's already going before it's even going. It just has this mm-hmm. motion mm-hmm. forward kind of sense to it. So, uh, yeah, I mm-hmm. like the way you told the story too. Very nice wordsmithing. Well, here's a bit of an introspective question for you, Chester. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, you were manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, because that's too easy. This is your personality in a vehicle. What would Chester Allen be, and more importantly, why? Uh, I think I would probably be, in terms of my personality, I think I would probably be something like a Land Rover or something like that. Some Something that had four-wheel drive that uh-huh. could go a lot of different places. Um, was not afraid of going down the road less traveled, really wanting adventures and to being self-sufficient during these adventures. So I think I would have to be with something with knobby tires and four-wheel drive. Okay. I like it. That fits with how I've uh, what I've learned about you today. Well, we are entering the last lap. Some quick questions, quick answers. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes in your career? I always end the day completing what I aim to do at the start of the day, mm-hmm. no matter how long it takes. Yeah, there you go. Completion. Yeah. Uh, tenacity, mm-hmm. fortitude, all of those things. <laughs> Nicely done. How about if mm-hmm. I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or someone who's passed? Who would it be? I think it would be someone like Henry Ford. And the reason why I would want to do that is I'd want to sit and ask him, I would say, I would say what gave you the idea to have an assembly line? What kept you going when you tried lots of different cars and and sometimes they worked out and sometimes they didn't? But, you know, success came to Henry Ford kind of late in life. And he he wasn't always a nice guy or a good guy, but he he did interesting things. And, for example, you know, he he paid his workers pretty well, especially at the beginning, because he realized that he would do better that way. You know, he would have a stronger company. He would would have better products and, and he would make more money. So I think he was... You know, and he had some unsavory things in his life. But I would, I'd want to ask him those questions because he was in it at sort of the very start of this. And I would just want to get a feeling of what it would be like. I mean, he was like, it would be like talking to Lewis and Clark going across, uh, you know, the Western United States being the first people there. Right. You know, he was kind of one of the first people for mass production of automobiles. Amazing the things that he did. I mean, really, if you study his history, it's mind-boggling almost. How did he pull mm-hmm. this all off? I had a lot of good people yeah. around him, I guess. Now, when it comes to automotive mm-hmm. advice, is there some great advice someone else has shared with you that you found really useful? Yeah, and, and I think we, we touched on this earlier, and that is buy what makes you happy. And once you buy that thing that makes you happy, take care of it, but also use it. Donald talks a lot about you know, conserving a car where you, you're using the car and taking care of it and, and conserving it where you're giving it the care it needs to continue on and survive, but you're not, you know, taking it to a point where it's it's going to need a restoration or anything like that. So the car sort of ages along with you and it becomes part of your history, part of your life. And right. I, I really like that, that all-encompassing um, notion that you can keep this thing going as long as you want to. Absolutely. My uh, Porsche I'll take for a drive today after we talk. I've had for 12, 12 years now. So uh, yeah, it's starting to feel mm-hmm. starting to feel like a, a good pair of socks, I guess. So <laughs> how about when it comes to great resources? There's so many these days. Is there one you'd like to share? 
Well, we've already talked about Linkage's product, LinkageMag.com and Linkage yep. Magazine. One of the one of the resources that I would like to point people to is your friendly neighborhood bookstore. And whether it's online or, or hopefully in, you have a good bookstore close to where you live. And if you go to one of those and go to the automotive section, you will find amazing books, amazing stories. You know, it's almost a limitless world that will, it, it can introduce you to a, a limitless world. I always like starting and finishing my day with a book in my hand. And, and you know, they're sort of like these little, you know, they're capsules of entertainment and information that you can carry around with you. Yeah. I think that's a resource that I would point people to. Yeah, it's great. And it helps local people that live in your neighborhood uh, have a viable business. I'll tell you, I have a place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where I have uh-huh. thousands of books listed there. Uh, easy for you to get your hands on one. Uh, better yet, if your local store has it, go down and buy it from them versus maybe the big big online buyers. But there's thousands of books there recommended by my guests, which is a great segue to the next question, Chester. Can you share a book that you'd like to share with us today you think our listeners would enjoy reading? For a book to read, and especially in my view, a book to maybe share with people who aren't as into cars or maybe they're younger people who kind of wonder why we're so into cars and everything like that. There's a terrific book by a guy named Garth Stein, uh-huh. and it's called The Art of Racing in the Rain. And I read it when it came out a few years ago, and then I re- recently reread it over the holidays. And it's a very elegant book written in the a dog is the voice who tells the story. Yeah. And it's about a guy who, you know, a, a aspiring race car driver and the challenges he has to go through and to, to become what he wants to be while he's also raising a daughter and, and being a husband and all these other things. And it, to me, it's a, it's a very elegantly written book that sort of captures the why about cars. Yeah, Gar Stein is, uh, he lives up in Seattle, north of me. I've met him several times. He's been a guest on this show. He's talked at length. You can go back, listeners, and listen to my talk with Garth about how the book came to be and, and everything. Uh, there's also a great audiobook version of that, which I've really enjoyed. I've read the book, listened to the audiobook a couple times. Uh, bring a box of tissues because you're going to need them. Uh, it's a gut wrencher. Uh-huh. Uh, and of course, there's the great movie that came out. Uh, but I tell you, the movie is nowhere near as good as the book. You really need to read the book or listen to the audiobook if you'd read Mm -hmm. listen way better than the movie nothing against the movie but it just goes much more in depth and much better so i'm glad glad you mentioned the art of racing in the rain uh that's the second most recommended book here on cars yeah uh go like hell by aj bame is number one and aj's been a guest on the show twice here so there you go and don't forget to check out Mm -hmm. guest recommended books the tab is under resources on the cars yeah website all right chester we're up to the checkered flag here i'm gonna buy you a very cool car today a collector vehicle something really fun something that you can enjoy but there are some rules to my game one is you can't sell it so if you pick an expensive car you got to keep it the other is what we've talked about i want you to enjoy it and drive it so it needs to tick all the boxes so that you will enjoy it but here's the hard part it's the only one collector car you can have so what am i buying you today you're buying me a mercedes-benz 300 sl roadster Okay, nice car. You know, and I'm glad you picked the Roadster because everybody picks the Gullwing, but I like the Roadster better uh, for a variety of reasons. What is it about the Roadster that you like so much? I like, um, you know, I'm I'm not that much of a of a convertible guy, except you know, but I had that formative experience with my dad and his convertible. But the reason I picked the Roadster is I think it's a more usable car. It's 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 um, I think it's more comfortable. 
I, if I'm going to own a car for the rest of my life and I'm going to, it's going to be a special car, I think it would li- I would like it to be one that I, I would take out at special times. And so I would think of it as like a here in the Northwest is a, you know, a June through October kind of car. And I, I want to feel the wind in my face in that car. Yeah. And being the 300 SL, it's going to be able to keep up modern traffic. It's a gorgeous piece of machinery. There's plenty of support for it. I don't think I would ever get tired of driving that thing. No, I don't think you would either. Uh, you'd have to drive up here to get a car and pick me up so we could go for a drive. That car, I believe, is probably one of the top cars. If you're going to go do vintage car tours and rallies, is probably one of the top mm-hmm. five to pick because it's just a tank. It does it all. It goes fast, fun, reliable. And yeah, I like the Roadster better myself too. Even if you had the removable hard top or the soft top on it, I just think I would prefer that to the uh, going. A lot more comfortable car. Do you have a color choice? Just so mm-hmm. I get you the right one. I tend to like black cars or gray cars or white cars. So any one of those colors would work for me. Okay. All right. Black, gray, or white. All right. I'll get to work. I saw a really beautiful white one once, which you don't see many white ones with a red interior, which was actually mm-hmm. kind of quite stunning. Mm-hmm. It almost sounds a little gaudy, but in that car it worked. It was a little bit of an off-white, mm-hmm. kind of an ivory white color. So uh, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go look mm-hmm. for one of those for you. So there you go. 300 SL Roadster. Nice all choice. Right. Now, Chester, you've taken me on a great ride. All of us on a great ride today. I want to thank you for being a guest here today. Before I let you go, could you share one little parting piece of guidance or wisdom when it comes to old cars before you drive off into the, the beautiful mountains there around uh, Portland, Oregon? Head out east along the river in that beautiful SL? <laughs> I think I would, I would say, you know, it's a cliche, but, but I think it's true. And when I was in journalism school, everyone was saying to me, um, you know, it's tough to get a job in journalism. And it's, you know, it's tough to do this in journalism. And it's tough to do that in journalism. And I just thought to myself, yeah, but this is what I'm supposed to do. And I realized over time in, in, in a sort of long career in journalism is that If you follow your heart, if you truly follow your heart, if you know this is what I want to do, whatever it is, whether it was picking out a car, picking out a career, you know, where you want to go on your next vacation, then good things will happen. If you try and accommodate other people or try to compromise in how you want to live your life, I think you will find yourself feeling like your life has got too many compromises in it. Well said. Follow your heart. Do what you want to do, and good things will mm-hmm. happen. Absolutely. What's the best way for people to follow along with you and Linkage? Well, you know, you can find me in Linkage. I, I write the, the little column at the end of the magazine called Tail Lights. So Linkage Magazine, on Linkage.com, I have a blog called Asphalt Adventures. So those are two good ways for people to follow me. If they're interested in other things I've done, they could just Google my name, Chester Allen, and they'll see, you know, books that I've read or, or magazine or, you know, articles I've done for other magazines and stuff like that. Chester's easy to find. I'll put links to Linkage, LinkageMag.com, uh, Audrain Auto Museum, another great one that, uh, of course, Linkage is associated mm-hmm. with up there on his Cars Yeah show notes page. Uh, again, listeners, I encourage you. You're not going to be disappointed. Subscribe to Linkage. I have, and it's wonderful. I look forward to the next edition coming out very soon. Chester, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. And now I'm going to go jump in my turbo and take it for a drive.
just because you inspired me. <laughs> I wish you could come with me. It'll be fun. How did you discover your path to a fulfilling life? Too many young people flounder in finding an education and a career that fits. But for those who have a passion for cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and who love working with their hands, problem solving, and fixing things, a career as a professional auto technician is incredibly rewarding. Cars yeah is pleased to team up with TechForce Foundation, our charity of choice in bringing scholarships, technical education, and hands-on experience to young people so they can discover a possible future. Join me and lend your support by visiting techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.